Well, good morning. It has been a while since I've been up here, so I've got a while to spend with you. Justice doesn't know what he did when he asked me to speak. I got lots to say. I only want to say what the Lord wants me to say, so don't worry. You won't be here till three o'clock this afternoon, I'm sure. Um, I'm honored anytime that Justice gives up the pulpit uh, to allow me to share the Word of God with you. Um, being a pastor's daughter, I know it's very difficult for a pastor to yield his spot. And anytime that Justice says, will you, I am so honored to be a part of that and to be here to share the Word of God with you this morning. <clears throat> Somebody is going to have to find me a glass of water, though, please. Um, before we get started, I got two going. Wow. Don, Donna said it, and it was done. Yeah. Uh, yes, there you go, Bobby. Asking you where's these. Um, before we get anywhere else this morning, you know, I had to laugh when Nathan said uh, Miss Donna's thoughts are usually more organized than um, his. I'll be very honest, my thoughts have not been real organized lately. So if I chase a rabbit, just stick with me, and we'll catch it, and we'll come back around, okay? Uh, but we are going, thank you, darling. Appreciate that. Uh, we're going to go to the Word. We're going to go to the Word in just a minute, but I want to go to the Lord in prayer first. Because if the Lord does not show up today, we've wasted our time in His. So if you would bow with me today and let us go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you first for the opportunity to be able to read your word this morning, to open up the word of God, to see how it applies. And Lord, I want to thank you for everyone that has stepped into this building Lord, you have a message and a word for each heart and mind in this building. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear from you. Lord, that as we read your word, that it comes to life within each one of us. Lord, I pray for those that are in a struggle today that you would let them know that you are there with them. Lord, I pray that you would just manifest yourself in a mighty way. Lord, let me only speak what you would have me speak. We thank you again for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in Hebrews 13.8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we as believers take God's word seriously, can we say that God still operates the same way he did when the Bible began. We cannot heads. So if we really take the word of God seriously, God still operates the same way. Right? And can we say that if we believe that God operates the same, that as believers in Christ, we can operate in the same strategies as the Israelite children. Would God still move the same way? I would hope you would agree with that if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit are the triune and they operate together and with each other then the same God that put the planets in place at the very beginning still moves today the same way he did with the Israelite children. Because if we don't believe that, 
we're not living victoriously. And today, I want to share three strategies. Now, this is not a checkbox. Yes, we're going to check all these little boxes. These are three things that the Israelite children used in their struggles. So let me ask you this. Do not answer this. Just answer it to yourself. How many of you are in a struggle, physical or spiritual? And how's the battle going? And what are you doing to fight it? Because at some point, whether you're in a struggle now, you will be eventually. If you are a believer in Christ, that is a guarantee because Satan is going to find you somewhere sometime. But what are you doing about it to live victoriously? So if I had to put an, a title on today's uh, sermon, it would be something like strategies for the struggle or weapons for the war. I like strategies for the struggle the best. So if we read in Ephesians 6.12, now y'all know, those of you who've heard me speak before, we're going we're gonna to do Bible drill this morning. I'm not the one that walks scripture by scripture through a chapter. I love justice that he can do that. I don't. I want to know what the words got spattered everywhere for me. So Ephesians 6.12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So our strategies have to be those that can pierce the darkness. We as believers cannot rely on earthly, worldly strategies to handle our struggles. We have to have a godly strategy. That is the only strategy that will bring success in the struggle for us as believers. So we're going to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. And as I said, I haven't preached in a while, so we may be here for a while. I heard a sermon not too long ago, and I loved how this pastor put it. When we read the Word of God, we are releasing the Lion of Judah into the atmosphere to fight our battles. Anytime we read the Word of God, we are releasing the Lion of Judah into the atmosphere to fight our battles. Thank you. Got an amen. This is a living, breathing Word of God, it is active. But it's only active for as much as you put it into action in your life. I'm going to go back to Ephesians 6, 12. And I'm going to read that again. Just to make sure that we have it of what we struggle with before we get into these strategies. Just to make sure that we've got it. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, against the age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. We don't wrestle with stuff down here on the earth. Even though sometimes it seems like it. Because this isn't our home and we're just passing through. But there's struggles that we must go through. And one of the things 
that makes it difficult for us to go through a struggle is that we don't know the strategies to use and we don't apply the strategies because we don't know the strategies, stay with me, because we're not in the Word. You may be fighting a battle right now because you haven't been in here to find out what God wants you to do about it. So the first strategy in the struggle is the Word of God. Say that one more time. The first strategy is the Word of God. That is where you will find how other believers dealt with, fought through, and let God fight for them. And if He is the same God that He was in the beginning, middle, and end of time, then we too can rely on that word. We can rely on God. Turn with me to John 17, 17. So if we know the word of God is his word, and we want to apply the word of God, we are actually applying Truth. Watched an interesting documentary the other day, and I love it. Justice picks at me because he'll ask me, did you watch a documentary on that? Because I watch a lot of documentaries. And um, it was an interview on a worldly subject, and the uh, reporter was trying to get the truth about a certain subject, doesn't care what the subject is. And every time he said the word truth, I want the truth, the person that he was interviewing went all the way around the truth. And when he would not back off wanting the truth, the person said, I will have to close the interview because I cannot talk to you any longer. Just because he kept saying the word truth. The word, the world, there's a movie, I know the older ones will remember. The world can't handle the truth. Because if they could, they would realize that it's got to change. See, if we walk as believers, we have the truth, therefore we need to walk the truth. John 17, 17. Here's the answer to truth. This is Jesus Christ praying for you and me and all the believers that have been and are to come. Okay? Sanctify them with your truth. Your, what does it say? Word is truth. So, we need to be in the Word so we can speak truth to those around us, so we can hear truth from the Lord because if we believe God's word and God's encouragement, then the struggle should be bearable because we know who's with us in the fight. So, we have the truth, we should walk in the truth, and we should be able to discern the truth. 
But if we are not in the Word of God, our discerner malfunctions. We start believing half-truths because somebody threw a little bit of Scripture in there. Instead of going to the Word of God and discerning for ourselves, we rely on everybody else's little tidbits, grandma's little sayings and, and grandpa's little sayings, or, oh, we saw that written on a plaque at Hobby Lobby. And we build our spiritual foundation off of that stuff, don't we? And we don't go here. So we have to know where to go in God's Word. And you know I'm big about telling people to read the Bible. I'm going to be very honest. Some days it is very hard to open up this Word. And one of my favorite speakers talks about get you a brick and mortar Bible. One on the phone is great. One on your iPad is great. But sometimes picking up this word and flipping through the pages, there's something secure about that brick and mortar Bible. And if you know, see, I got all these little things here. I got stuff underlined. I got stuff highlighted. I've got notes where God has moved and what God has said. It's kind of hard to flip through the phone note pages to find that. But you can thumb through the brick and mortar Bible and find it. So the first strategy is God's Word. Getting in God's Word, knowing what to read, knowing what to look for, Looking for Him in this Word is a strategy for your struggle. Let's turn to Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Let me make sure I got that. I probably didn't put that one down. And I didn't. So I'm going to look it up with you. We're still dealing with the Word of God. I was telling them this morning that I don't know how long really the sermon is going to be. Usually I practice and practice and time and time because I don't want to go over. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every, would you please say the word every? Every word of God is pure. So how many words of God are pure? Every. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar. Speak truth. Read truth. Because it says every word of God is pure. You know, earlier we looked at what we struggle with as believers. But I want to continue, and I want to read verses 13 through 17. This is kind of my base scripture today. We'll be back and forth with it a couple of times. So 13 through 17 of Ephesians 6 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take up the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take up the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul lays out there how we're supposed to get dressed for battle. He lays out the belt of truth 
And I know more men than women can attest to this. If you don't have your belt on, you're going to be embarrassed. Because the belt holds everything together. The belt of truth holds everything in place. The breastplate of righteousness protects us. The shoes of the gospel of peace that wherever we walk, we're carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. The shield of faith, that's protection as well. The helmet of salvation protects our mind. And the only weapon, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Everything else is for protection. The one instrument of attack is the Word. And if you remember, when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, He spoke the word. He used the word. If Jesus used the word when he was on this planet, what can we use? The word. The word. It's hard to stay in the, wor- in the Word. It really is. The, the world clamors. Um, our minds get off focus. Our minds stay more focused on what's happening on the next episode of our show. Right. Okay, how many of you have watched Obi-Wan Kenobi? Finished finish number six. I'm not going to say a word. Um, But let's be honest. We have a 48, a 55, a 62-inch thing sitting in our living rooms. And I'm preaching to myself here that we spend more time in front of than we do right here. And when the rubber meets the road, That box isn't going to do a thing for you. See, Satan is dulling our hearts and minds through that lovely little box. And I'll probably go go home today and watch a movie just to let you know. Because it's a struggle. Because what's the conversation around the water cooler? Did you see that episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Or did you see that new movie? Distractions. Distractions. Sleight of hand. Pulling us away from strategy one, the word of God. Think about that. So if we're struggling... Webster's Dictionary says that it is a violent effort in the face of difficulty or oppositions and usually we proceed with difficulty and great effort. That's a struggle. Difficulty, great effort. We all have something like that in our life, right? Or have had or will have. It takes action and effort on our part to turn to the Word for encouragement, guidance, and strength. It takes action on our part to use the Word of God for encouragement, guidance, and strength. That action being, number one, we have to pick it up. Number two, we have to cut the box off. Number three, we need to read. 
And if you don't know where to read, there are 3,762,000 devotional books out there. I don't know if that number is accurate. That just feels like it sometimes. Because everybody's writing a devotional book. All the believers. Everybody's got a devotional book. Joyce Myers's got a devotional book. Max Lucado's got a devotional book. Everybody's got a devotional book. Get one. Don't let a devotional be your only Bible reading, though. But get one to get started. All right. Word of God. Strategy number... Thank you. Number... Oh, come. Strategy, the word of God, strategy number, thank you. I'm going to make that teacher come out in me. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 6. We're going to look at verse 18. And we're going to move on to strategy number, yeah, okay. Strategy number two, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end that all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Strategy number two is prayer. Not just Lord, help me do this. Lord, I need this. It's actually telling the Lord exactly how you feel, what you need, asking Him for what you need, and in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13 and 14. Turn with me there. John... 14, 13, and 14. Let me find my lovely one. John 14, 13, and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's not asking a shopping list of Give me this, I want this, I need this. That's not what he's talking about. Um, and God's not going to give you everything you want. Those of you who are parents, have you given your children everything they wanted? I love it back there. Kids going, no. No. You haven't given your children everything they wanted because it could have been inappropriate. It could have been something that would have harmed them. God is our Heavenly Father. He knows what's appropriate and what's good for us. So some of the things that we ask for may not be, in the long run, what's appropriate and good for us. And we should start singing Garth Brooks. I thank God for unanswered prayers. Because we don't see the future and how things affect us. Our prayer life should be a time for us to talk with God. There's a scripture in the Bible, don't make me find the reference, but it says, we, you have not because you ask not. So yes, we should be asking God for things. It's up to God how he answers it. So when I was growing up, and I know y'all aren't going to believe this, my teacher had the audacity to write on one of my report cards that Donna talks more than she listens. Or something like that. 
And I will say that it's more than one teacher that did that. But when you talk, you can't listen. Right? So some of us get into our little prayer modes and we pray and we pray and we pray and we go through that list. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and God just wants us to shut up. And we keep praying, and we keep praying, and we keep praying, because honestly, we don't want to know what he's got to say. Because if we listen to him, we're going to have to change. If we listen to him, we're going to have to live differently. That's why we don't sit and listen. See, God knows that we are our own worst enemies because we don't really want to change. We don't want to let go. And we really don't want to break free from the struggle that's where we're comfortable but if we pray and if we listen God has got so much more for us than we can ever imagine there is a freedom there is renewal there is restoration waiting around the corner if we pray and if we listen. See, everything here, we have to do some action. If we're using strategy one, word of God, we've got to be in it. If we're praying, we've got to be praying to be able to fight the struggle. See, we want our walls of Jericho, Jericho to fall, but we don't want to march. It takes obedience. It takes something from us. It's putting God first. A lot of times the struggles that we have are caused because we've put God second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. He's somewhere down there. And he's trying to get your attention that he can help you in the struggle. We don't want to obey and we don't want to walk in faith. That's what it takes. See, as a believer, we should be putting God's word and prayer into action. Look at Philippians 4. Verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. See, this is what we should be doing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the what of God? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you opened up that scripture right there every day this week and applied it in your life what would change? Be anxious for nothing 
but by in how much? Everything with prayer and supplication. And the peace of God. So if we want peace in our life, what do we need to do? Pray, apply the word, and pray. If we want peace. Now part of that is that could break into a Disney song right now. Uh, we have to let go. I know y'all are singing it, aren't you? <laughs> uh, we have to let go. We have to let go of the worry. We have to let go of the struggle. We have to let go. Because if we don't let go, we hang on. And we worry. And we get anxious. And we get fearful. And we forget where we're supposed to be looking. And we forget the, how we're supposed to be fighting this battle. Because we hang on to You've got to let it go. I know we've all heard that phrase, let go and let God. Well, there's truth to that. Let it go. Read Philippians. Be anxious for nothing. But in all prayer, everything be in prayer. And the peace will come. So, strategy number one is what? Strategy number two. Strategy number three. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Georgia. You can sing now, girl. Number three. The third strategy Praise. Don't go anywhere yet. That is not what I told you the keywords were. Leave it to the worship leader to just grab hold of praise. There are a hundred verses in Scripture that mentions musicians and singers being first in the battle. And you ready to get started? We got a lot of verses to read. Oh, yeah, I didn't buy that. <laughs> no, I, but literally, a hundred verses where the singers and the musicians went first. And if you look in Joshua at the wall of Jericho, the trumpeters went first. And then everybody else marched around them. And not only was that an interesting way to fight a battle, could you imagine living in Jericho and watching a million people walk around your city every single day not saying a word? And then the trumpet's blowing? And they do it for seven days. You know that had to mess with somebody's mind. Who are these people and what are they doing? And then that last day, man, when the trumpets blew, do you realize the Israelite children did not even have to lift their finger to thump a brick? See, the Lord wants to fight your battles for you so you don't even have to thump a brick. Let's go to Second Chronicles. 20, verses 18 through 24. Second Chronicles, that's up in the Old Testament, by the way. 20, verses 18 through 24. Now this is the children of Judah. And who did I say we would release when we read the word? 
the Lion of Judah. They are facing a struggle, multiple struggles here. And Jehoshaphat is the king. And he bows his head with his face to the ground. He's using prayer. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping him. There's that worship. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tico. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe the Lord your God, and you shall be established, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Amnon, Moab, Mount Seir, and who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. When did God start moving? When they began to sing. What God did, He turned the armies that were coming against Judah against themselves. They started fighting among themselves and they killed each other before Judah even got there. When the children of Judah got there, they found everybody dead. And they're looking at each other, what happened? And Jehoshaphat says, well, let's just get the spoils and go home. They didn't have to lift a sword. They showed up to the party late. Because their God fought for them. Jehoshaphat went to the Lord in prayer Worship and praise. And when they began to sing, God moved. Turn to me, turn with me to Acts 16. We're going to look at verses 25 and 26 at another time where praise and worship that God moved. Acts 16, 25 through 26. Let me find it. Okay. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains was loosed, and the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposed that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Paul and Silas, in prison, tied up, chained up. And if you go back and look at biblical history, they weren't in nice prisons like we have. Our, our prisons are resorts compared to what they did, they were in. They were usually at the very bottom of 
the castle or whatever it was, they were down deep underneath and everything does roll downhill, just to let you know, and that's what they were sitting in. Not a happy place. And that's, I'd be wanting to get out of there, wouldn't you? And God made it possible, but they didn't go. That's what blows my mind. But when they sang and prayed, when they sang and prayed, God moved. Do you want God to move in your life? Then praise. See, the harder the struggle, the harder and louder your praise should be. Let's say that one more time. The harder your struggle, the harder and louder your praise should be. Because God starts moving. He starts moving in you, in your mind and in your spirit. He starts moving in things about, about you. To make it where you get through the struggle, He fights the struggle for you. And if our praise is hard and loud, then the turmoil of the world becomes quieter in our hearts and minds. That anxiety becomes smaller in our hearts and minds when we praise harder and louder. See, every week we walk in and we know what's going to happen. We know that usually we're going to sing a few songs and Nathan's going to do the announcements and Justice is going to preach. And we get into the routine that is just a routine there's a reason the praise team gets up here every week. We're going before you. Just like the instruments and the singers did for the children of Judah. We're going before you. Because you've been in a struggle all week. And how is your heart and mind going to hear what the Word of God wants for you to hear in church if you still got that junk on you. So we come in here to lead you in prayer, to lead you in worship and praise. Now some of you will say, I can't sing. I make a terrible noise unto the Lord. Uh, do you think that's a surprise to God? He made you, so he knows. So if you want to listen to somebody that can sing sit standing next to you, then you can praise your hands and you can tell the Lord, you are great, you are good, you are mighty. Let everybody else sing. If you've got a voice... You can say it during our worship time. Lord, you are good, you are great, you are mighty. Because of you, I stand here. You don't have to sing, you just have to praise. Because he fights for us. And when they began to sing, he caused the ambush. He took care of the struggle. Y'all, I have seen it in my own life. There have been struggles in my life that I have praised hard and loud because there was nothing else I could do. And immediately, God turned it around. Do you want God to move in your life?
then you need to be in his word. You need to be on your knees in prayer. And somebody's going to have to get me up. <laughs> and we need to praise. Now, repetition. Oh, they're moving. I am a believer in repetition. I bet some of us older people could probably still recite the multiplication tables um, because we had to repeat them time and time again. Um, and I believe in putting things into practice. Example, model. So for the close of our service today, we are going to have a word of God. We are going to praise and worship together. And we are going to pray. So they're moving very slowly. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the scripture. The scripture is Romans 15, 13. It is a blessing that I pray that you walk in this week. So Philippians, you need to be reading that every day this week. Just see what it does. And then remember this, that this has been prayed over you today. So this could be our scripture and our prayer, but don't go anywhere because we still got praise to do. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together, please.